Welcome to the Success is Subjective podcast series brought to you by collegealternative.org presented by Lilly Consulting. I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Alex Zemeckis. For over a decade, Alex has worked in the addiction treatment and mental health communities, helping young adults find new ways to live. Alex earned a Bachelor of Arts degree from San Diego State University and a Master's degree in Spiritual Psychology from the University of Santa Monica. Throughout his career, Alex has worked in various direct care and administrative roles, including sober coaching and companion work, admissions, business development and outreach, and as a residential mentor for a prominent treatment program in Colorado. As a featured speaker, Alex maintains a presence within the recovery world, sharing his experience, strength, and hope with those still struggling with addictions. In 2013, Alex launched The Grounds Recovery in San Diego, putting into action the skills and lessons he learned throughout his own personal and professional journey. After nearly eight years of successfully working with men at The Grounds, Alex learned that there was a strong need for a women's aftercare program. Thus, Alex launched Mare's House as the female component to the Grounds Recovery. As the president and owner of the Grounds and Mare's House, Alex personally oversees the admissions and business development departments of both programs. Let's not wait any longer. Here's Alex. Alex, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Joanna. I'm excited. Okay, so I have specific questions that I want to ask, but this is like really organic, the conversation. So first thing that I want to know is where did you actually grow up? And then what were you hearing from your family as well as kind of the larger community in which you were raised about post-secondary education? Okay, so I grew up in the Santa Barbara area. Um, Grew up as an only child and really struggled with school pretty much my whole school career. Um, learning disabilities, processing issues, and all of that. So to me, it wasn't like higher ed was really on the table, you know, for the forefront. Um, It it was more of just sort of like surviving in school, Mm. honestly, for me growing up. I just really struggled. And then, you know, when I started hitting junior high, substances came into the picture, which, which made everything even more hellacious but yeah I was I was kind of more of like a truant rebel kid and didn't want to have anything to do with rules and structure (laughs) so you weren't you weren't thinking about college definitely not (laughs) definitely not I could barely think about just getting through the next day so there was no planning I I didn't have any planning going on okay so well, with that in mind, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds like there was probably some some adventures or misadventures through the rest of your adolescence. Well, instead of, you know, we talk about this idea because we both work in the young adult kind of treatment space that when you're 18, all of a sudden you're either in college or you're out of the home. And there's just so much complexity that happens, especially with young adults nowadays. And so just for you, kind of what were you doing? What was happening around that time that you legally became an adult? Yeah, I mean, I think what we've also seen, though, in our career is that that sort of typical leave the nest at 18 has really shifted a lot. Um, Everybody's kind of on their own path and journey, it seems, and people are staying in undergrad longer and 
staying at home and commuting, you know, commuting to community college and, or just working trades and all those things. So, um, yeah, so I was in programs, like I was in programs. So, I mean, from the age of, uh, 16 until, you know, I turned 18, uh, 18 and a half, I was in programs. So solid two, two and a half years ish. And I, you know, I think I was just mostly focused on trying to stay sober and recover and that whole thing. And I think all the professionals around me were, were trying to focus on that as well. And, and, and my family system at play and and all of that. So really I applied to schools for undergrad and I wanted to go, well, my priorities were I, I'm either going to snowboard or I'm going to surf. So here we are in Arizona, like <laughs> U of A was not on the table. I can't do either one here. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, you know, that was really my priority. And, and I got into San Diego State, so I ended up going there. And I really had poor SATs. I had poor grades. But I'm a decent writer. I can write. And I wrote like this very kind of elaborate admissions letter that was like my story. And, you know, they took it. And so... Um, that was kind of the beginning of my journey in San Diego. And so I've lived in San Diego ever since, but yeah, San Diego and San Diego state was not that great. I mean, San Diego is great, but being at San Diego state was not that great for me, honestly. Um, it's a massive school, like 40,000 kids, state school. I just kind of got lost in the shuffle and I think I would have done better at a more smaller structured academic environment, a little more container. And but, you know, it, it was part of my story. And so much of my college experience was, you know, being on the wagon, falling off the wagon, you know, getting 60, 90 days of sobriety, clean time, and then like relapsing again. And, you know, I, I lived in the, I lived in the dorms my freshman year and I had sober companions living with me in the dorms. So if I wasn't getting high or drinking in the dorms, it's like I had a 50-year-old something fully tatted sober living or sober companion in the dorm freaking all the other kids out like what is this guy what what is going on so you know like I was just talking about this earlier the reality is that school for me was not the highlight of my life I when I got out of college and you know, Danny Conroy gave me a job at Aim House and I started working for him. Like, that's where I feel like my life really excelled. You know, I had like a good career path and, you know, being part of a workforce and like showing up for my shift and like having more of that tangible piece. That's, that's where I feel like my life really started to take off. And just, and just for context, uh, what, like how old were you when you started working? Well, I mean, I, so I, I ended up graduating, but San Diego State and it took me about five years five and a half years and I had jobs and I was you know working for a surf magazine and you know uh different different spot jobs here and there but um I just really couldn't wait to get done with school and start working and that was sort of the beginning of when I was in school my I guess senior year and super senior year that's when I knew I wanted to be in this field so that's when I started to have some direction and some clarity around that. And so, you know, I'm very grateful that I was able to pack up my little car and move out to, to Boulder and, and, and live out there out of call, you know, as a 24 year old. 
and it was great. I mean, that was like, that was awesome. You know, being sober, loving being sober, um, having a great job, you know, that, that was amazing. So, well, and that's so important because so many young people have a really hard time finding that, like being at that place, right? Loving Mm -hmm. sobriety or even just like finding a path that they like, you know, it could be, it could be 23 or it could be 33 or 63, right? Like we deal with a lot of people that really just, um, continue to kind of be in this spot of kind of a a point of contention. Like I just not finding your place. Totally. I like how you said the point of contention, because I have a lot of empathy for people that are just, you know, versus sort of the systematic rudimentary sort of, okay, this is your curriculum. This is what you have to figure out. And you know, now when I talk to kids in my program that are in their early 20s and, you know, maybe they've taken academic leave to be in the program and they were on academic probation and all those similar things, it's like, I totally understand. You know, I totally understand what it's like perceiving peers that I may have grown up with, like get finance careers and it just seems like they're just checking all these boxes that it just seamlessly come into their life. And a lot of that is is a lack of perspective, but that's how it feels sometimes, right? When you compare your insides to others' outsides, and um, so I I get that so well. And I think, you know, for me, it was like I just had to get through school and really start working and and have a clear mind and get my life together. And and that's when the possibilities started to really open up. Yeah. So I think let's actually. I mean, you're not. In, still in Boulder, right? No, that, no. that time has passed. Mm-hmm. So between Boulder and where you are now, what what kind of happened there? Because I do want to make sure that we're actually highlighting you're back in San Diego. You've got mm-hmm. your own thing going and we want to mm-hmm. hear what that thing is. Uh, but kind of fill in some of those chapters in between. Yeah. So like I said, I loved working in Boulder and being in Boulder and, and um, it was, you know, such a great experience. And I I still love Boulder so much. It's like, you know, my home away from home. And I know you've spent time mm-hmm. there too. And, but yeah, I, I really, I think I really just missed being by the ocean and surfing. Right. So, um, I know I just, I wanted to get back to the San Diego area and, um, you know, I have, I found a great recovery community there and, and so kind of create the life. So, you know, I took a lot of my experience from, from working in Boulder and, and, uh, you know, kind of created my own thing, but yeah, I just wanted to work with guys that have a similar story than me. Cause like, otherwise I don't, I don't, I don't want to say I feel like a fraud, but it's a lot easier if I can relate to them. Right. And so I think a young adult, um, you know, zero tolerance, you know, surfing emphasized, um, clinically sophisticated program where, you know, we have all these great colleges around, if, and, if, you know, if that's what they're going to pursue. But really the main focus of, of the grounds, which is the name of the business, is we have a strong vocation program because I think a lot of that, you know, we get a lot of kids that are, you know, were at major university on academic probation, like I said earlier, and they've kind of used that school as like a moratorium and Maybe there's some entitlement around that, or, you know, and just the humility around maybe getting a part-time job at a grocery store and working 24 hours a week is really good for you. 
and it doesn't define you. It's not what you're going to do for the rest of your life. That's what you're going to do right now. The amount of, you know, the buzzword of executive functioning, right? Like the, the amount of, of life living skills that you can obtain through like working part time at a grocery store is a lot more than being at school or volunteering. And I think that's why we've set it up that way. I know that's why we've set it up that way. So. Well, I think to add to that, even there's such a, there needs to be an understanding, like you said, the humility of working something that feels to us less than when in reality, dude, the rest of us, we've worked. My first job was a flower delivery driver. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> as a as a 15 just turned 16 year old mm-hmm. literally drove somebody else's van the local florist would i ever do that again no could you but, imagine your life without doing that now though no yeah i had so many to your point i had so many experiences that were very much like they were necessary mm-hmm. like i would have never gotten them had i not had that experience and you know, I think to the, the translation of that, had I ever said like, oh, I want to be a florist, right? Like, I don't think I could ever start uh, my own florist shop if I didn't understand all of the aspects to it. And if something as simple as being the person that's driving to deliver flowers to somebody who just lost somebody in their life. Let's yeah. talk about Whoa. emotions, right? Yeah. Like there's, anyways, I think that's a little sidebar, but for the young adults that we work with, we skip this step in life mm-hmm. where you don't actually learn that, yeah, sometimes jobs suck. Totally. And sometimes you, you can't expect to automatically be the CEO right out of the gate. You mm-hmm. know, 21, just because you got your degree from insert name of, you know, prestigious university, you're not entitled to immediately be in management. You got to do the grunt work. And exactly. sometimes it's not even about being in business or getting a college degree. You got to work. You got to work. And, um, you know, I, I just want to just state a disclaimer that I'm totally in support of all education, higher education, all of that. It's just, you know, for me, that wasn't what resonated for me. And um, I see a lot of kids, young adults that, are, that relate to that and have similar journeys with regards to that. And um, I'm just a little frustrated with sort of the direction a lot of major university has gone with inflated tuition costs and sort of this country club-esque, you know, and whatever. I mean, and, you know, like I said, I, I don't want to go down that road, but it, there's so much that people have benefited from it. And um, if you're going to be a doctor and you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to be in school for a long time, right? And But think about everybody else in between that, like me, you know, that wasn't my journey. And so um, I just had to kind of get through, get through my undergrad experience, honestly. You know, so. So I'm going to ask you this question because uh-huh. I ask everybody, and I, I honestly think that we could probably have a completely separate conversation that would probably be hours long about higher education. Mm-hmm. Right here's the soapbox about higher ed yeah, yeah, right yeah. now, uh, but we'll save that for another sure. time. <laughs> um, do you see yourself as successful? Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a way to say that with humility. <laughs> you know. And it's funny you said because like there's there's like so much of recovery and I mean humility is like the most important thing, right? The more quote bitchin' you are, the more you know what you are. And at the same time, like when I see kids in my program that like land that part time job and they have that schedule 
and yeah, not only do their freedoms open up within the milieu of the program because of that, but when they, when you see that light come on of like joy that like they actually landed this job, I'm not going to crush that. I'm going to be like, have some pride, have some good, healthy ego around that. That's a big accomplishment, you know? So yeah, I mean, you're successful. I'm successful. Thank God, you know? Mm-hmm. It's all about perspective. I love it. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm a lot more successful now than when I was when I was 20. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, yep. I'm I'm pretty sure if I had asked that of all of the guests, like, would you have called yourself successful at 20? They all probably would have laughed, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if you could give, because I do feel like you've kind of peppered in some advice here and there, or just like based on your own experiences, people can take away some of that mm-hmm. as advice giving or kind of suggestions. But if you could truly give one piece of advice to a young adult right now, maybe it's like a guy that's appropriate for the grounds. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give that young man? That's a great question. I mean, I, I think everybody is unique to their own journey and path. So, I mean, if I'm talking directly to a kid right now, I would say I get comparing your insides to everybody's outsides and, and how that feels and how horrible that is. And, you know, the reality is, is that though you you have your own journey and there's, there's all these different avenues you can take. There is a level of importance of staying consistent that, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a great starter, not the best finisher, but I've had to learn to finish through, finish the task. So it's hard to kind of gauge like, okay, what's for me yet. Okay. I need to stick this out and see the miracle happen here. But you know, if, if there are diabolical mental health issues happening or addiction happening, the reality is is like no progress is going to be made. And that's my opinion. So you got to get healthy first. And whether that means like going into a program or, you know, addressing that issue. And then you can start, you know, start the path, whatever that may be. So. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to continue to let that marinate because I feel like there's <laughs> offline we can talk more mm-hmm. about that. Okay, so because I think actually one of the other most important pieces to this is people just hearing your story and then reaching out to you after, right? Like, okay, I'm curious about the grounds or mm-hmm. I'm curious about, you know, just or even like, Alex, I want to reach out to you. Maybe I'm moving to the San Diego area. I'm not, but maybe somebody else is. Mm-hmm. Um, how do they connect with you? Well, yeah. So, I mean, the, you can like look up the program, the grounds recovery or Maris house recovery, which is our program for women. And, you know, our information is there and whoever you connect with, you can, you know, find me and, um, you know, we, we have our alumni 12 step groups and barbecues and things like that. So, I mean, I'm reachable. I, I've kind of scaled back on putting my information out there, but, or they can reach out to Joanna Lilly and she can put me in touch. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like I, if I'm going to turn down an opportunity for service, I better have a damn good reason. So if somebody's struggling and I'm quote doing me with my plans, <laughs> you know, like it's hard. It's like you, you got to be of service, you know? So, well, you heard it. If you need to reach out to Alex, you can contact me or just go yeah. to the grounds website. Yeah. Well, Alex, thanks for taking the time to actually share your story. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I love that you're doing this, Joanne. I think this is really great. And I, you're clearly really passionate about this. And, and uh, yeah, I'm happy to do it whenever. So. 
that's it for this week's Success is Subjective episode. I want to thank my guests for joining me on this week and for being willing to share your journey. This podcast would not exist if it weren't for people such as yourself. Stay tuned for our next episode where you can bet it'll be another amazing human sharing their personal story with the world. Make sure you check out the show notes where you will find contact information, website details, and all social media for our guest. Also, put a face with a voice by accessing their interview on the newly formed successissubjective.org website. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, you can email me at joanna, J-O-A-N-N-A, at successissubjective.org. I would also be remiss if I didn't tell you to check out the collegealternative.org and lilyconsulting.com websites for additional resources outside of podcasting. If you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, please do me a favor and subscribe. And while you're at it, feel free to leave a review. You can also download to listen to the Success is Subjective podcast on any other podcast playing app, such as Audible, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Last but not least, Success is Subjective is listener-supported, made possible by me and by you. You can support this podcast by joining the Patreon community at patreon.com backslash success is subjective. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it. 